hope you are super blessed this morning and big thank you to our incredible team and all those who serve and you guys, we love you. You're amazing. And Pastor, um, Pastor Clive this morning is in our Quinana church, our beautiful family down south. And we're just so expectant about what God is doing. You know, there's such an excitement in my heart for what God is busy doing in the time that we are living in. And I'm so grateful to be alive at this time. Church, you know, sometimes we look at the world and we think, my word, what's going on? But I tell you what, when we start looking into the spirit and we start seeing how God sees and what God is doing, I tell you what, something's coming. And I am just so excited to be a part of that. We've just come as a church and especially the leaders of our church have come out of a three-week prayer and fasting time. And I tell you what, there's a shift in the spirit, family. There's a shift and God is doing something. And I really pray and I thank those who were part of that. And um, even if you just gave up one meal here and there or just spent more time in focus and prayer with the Lord, I know God is doing something significant and important in these times. Something that I've just learned personally is that there really is a place where Jesus is more than enough. And when you find that place in Him, you don't need food. You don't need anything else. You need Him. And so that's what fasting is about. It's not about food. It's about focus and about feasting on Jesus. And I encourage you, as God's people, in the days we live in, we need to get these disciplines back in our life. But I just want to encourage you that as leaders, we've really been standing in the gap for you over these past few weeks. For those who are trusting God, for the requests that have been sent in, we believe in God to do something supernatural. You know, and as we sang that song earlier about breakthrough, let's take that as a prophetic word as a church and believe Him for it. Amen? You believe Him for breakthrough? God's, God's going to come through for you. Friday night, we had an incredible time, a half night um, prayer meeting. And wow, who was there? Come on, what an amazing time in God's presence. Just a refreshing, you know, you think, well, four hours, how are we going to do this? But God's presence sustains us. And when, it, as I said, as we learn to feast on Him in these days, I tell you what, family, that's where we find satisfaction. Nothing in this world can satisfy like Jesus. And I really believe as God is preparing His church in these end times, that is what He's looking for. That our longing and hunger is for Him. And we truly find it in Him. And so as I share this morning, and it's always a privilege to be able to come and just share God's Word. I, I always feel it's a responsibility and I just say, God, well, I just trust you to say what you need to say. And I really pray that you would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit into your heart this morning. Because I do believe, as I sh meet Christians and speak to Christians from all over, so many are weighed down by our hopelessness and worries, you know, just weighed down by so many different things. And I often believe it comes from not always understanding the season that we're in and what God is doing. And when we understand these things, God can just give us a fresh perspective of where we need to be and where we need to go in His Word and how we need to trust Him. Because God is always doing something in our lives. Absolutely everything we go, go through 
is part of God's plan and process. It is a biblical theme. God doesn't just send you out there. He prepares you. He takes you through a process where He can do something in your life that prepares you for whatever your assignment is. Because yes, family, God does have a plan and a purpose for your life. But no matter how tough it gets, we need to hold on and believe God's word because he is faithful. And I wanna just read from James chapter one, verses two to four. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I just thought it said it so beautifully. My fellow believers, when it, come, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. God's word is so opposite to what the world believes. I'm gonna say that again. When you are facing your greatest difficulties, set your mind and say, I'm gonna find my greatest joy. Look at the person next to you because a lot of you are looking at me as if that's not possible. Come on, just say, I'm gonna find my greatest joy in my greatest difficulty. Why? Because it carries on, it says, and then... As your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. You see, God allows us to go through times and seasons because He is doing something profound within us. It talks about perfection here. Now, often in the world, we see perfection as this plastic Thing that is sort of formed and shaped, you know, like a, there's no faults or nothing sort of out of place. The biblical word perfection talks about maturity, a wholeness, which we only find in Christ. God is taking his church through a process to bring us to maturity because it is only in our maturity can we see what God wants to do in and through us. And that's not about age. It's about us knowing Him and knowing His Word. As I said before, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, and this is somewhat a word, it's a well-known scripture, but someone here needs to know that and hear that this morning. God says to His people, He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. There are Christians at this time in, life, in history believing that God is not for them. Where is God? Why is He allowing me to go through this? What's going on? And we have to get back to, believe, to understand and believe God's Word, that His promise is He has only thoughts of peace and blessing for you. We have to believe that. We have to set that in our hearts because otherwise we will allow the lies and the hopelessness of the enemy to come and steal what God wants to do in our lives. God's Word says He wants to give you a future and a hope. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is an eager expectation. It's like being pregnant. Especially in those early months or see, you don't see the pregnancy. You won't even know that woman's pregnant, but she knows. And there's this expectancy. That's why they sometimes call it, you know, she's expectant. There's this excitement in your spirit. 
And that's what God wants to give us. And I really believe this morning, if you take hold of his word, there's gonna be a fresh expectancy that God gives you and a fresh hope. We need to stop striving in our own flesh. We need to start trusting his word again and trusting him through the process because that's how God, God works. As I said, God has a purpose for you. Every single one of you here this morning has a God-designed assignment for your life. The, the t from the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb, God knew you. He knew what His plan and His purpose for your life is. And everyone's assignment is different. Yes, it is to build God's kingdom. Yes, it is to be in fellowship with Him and to see the lost saved. But there is something that you can do specifically to make that happen. It might be to lead one person to Jesus that can break open something that can bring revival and change a whole community, a whole school, a whole family. One person that may be your assignment. And I, I pray this morning that God would just ignite that in your heart. There are those here that have lost their dreams God has put a desire in your heart, maybe when you were this little, and you've laid it aside. And God says, it's time to pick it up again. It's time to pick it up again. You see, in every season of our life, we need faith. It might look, that faith might look different in the different seasons. We need endurance, we need patience, and we need a steadfast commitment to where and what, what God is doing in our life and where he's leading to us, leading us into. But it's important, I believe, to understand the season we're in. Because every one of us are in a different season. Now, yes, as a church, God can lead us through seasons and he prepares us and there's this process. But as individuals before God, as he, he prepares us for that which he's called us to, there's a season. And it's often because we do not understand the season we are in that we become discouraged, that we get a bit lost sometimes and we, we become hopeless. You might look at somebody who's going through a season of blessing and breakthrough and you're in a season of a wilderness and you're thinking, where's God? Why doesn't He love me? But when we understand where we are and what God's doing, we can have a peace and we can trust Him. So I want to just share briefly this morning about the four seasons of faith. And in every one of those seasons, we need to stay connected. We need to stay planted. We need to stay focused on what Jesus is doing. These seasons are God designed. He allows them. So it's not a season where we are wandering off doing our own thing and getting into disobedience and disconnecting from what God is doing. And I, I wanna make that very clear. The seasons God takes us through for preparation is He is with us. We stay connected, we stay engaged, that it might look and feel different at times. Ecclesiastes 3 verse one says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 as well carries on to say he has made everything beautiful in its time. That thing that you are facing right now, God is making it or bringing it to a place that is beautiful, that is precious in his sight. 
anything that takes time, any form of process, those who like to make things, those who are creative, whether it's a painting or a garment or in your garden, nothing happens overnight. You plant those seeds and sometimes you've got to wait a few months before you see something sprout. And just like in the seasons of nature, we're in the winter season now, and often when you go out into nature, things look dead. They look dry. Well, not in WA, but often in winter, it seems that there's nothing happening. But believe you me, those who know anything about nature, underneath the ground, something profound is happening. We never look at the natural or just on the, on the surface. We trust God for what he's doing deep down. And so this morning, I want to encourage you. You may not see something in the physical yet, but trust him because he's doing something deep down within you. God is faithful and he loves you too much to leave you to yourself. And he has promised that the work he has started in you, he will complete. And you know, sometimes things go on in our life and we go through things and we say, why is this happening? But you see, maybe even a year before or a few months before, you prayed something. You prayed. Maybe in a moment you weren't really realizing it. You got, maybe got on your knees and you said, God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, Lord, bring me to that place that, or use me for your will. And God says, okay, get ready. And then something happens or we go through this season that seems like a droughtful season. We, do, we don't know what's going on. God's just answering your prayer. So trust Him. The first season, now these seasons have got nothing to do with the weather, by the way. Okay? It's got nothing to do with the weather. These seasons, as I go through them, are not necessary in this order because God knows where we are and what season we need to be in at what time. And we trust Him. The first season is a place of wilderness. And I think if you were honest, we've all been in that place where it seems like nothing is happening. In actual fact, the season of wilderness is an intense time of preparation. Now, wilderness is not a desert. The wilderness is a place of uncultivated ground. Technically, that's what it is. And that gives me such an excitement because it's like in the wilderness, it's this possibility this, there is so much potential. And it speaks to me in that place or that season of wilderness that there's something that needs to be discovered and unearthed. And so God allows us to go through a time of being in the wilderness. And we know that this too is a, a biblical pattern. We know that Moses was sent into the wilderness for 40 years. The people of Israel went through a 40-year wilderness before they entered the promised land. They needed to be prepared because they were not ready for that wilderness, for that promised land. David spent many years in the wilderness. God was preparing him for kinship. Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And it was there that God was doing something to prepare prepare him. He was led into the wilderness, but it says when he came out, he was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. 
But you see, the key and the secret is to always keep our eyes on Jesus. Not to see what's going on around us or not happening. Not to get discouraged and say, well, where's God? This is a barren place. It's to say, God, what is it that you are wanting to teach me and train me in this time? I said we need faith in every season because even in the wilderness, there is a faith that we need to push into because it is in the wilderness we can get discouraged. As Jesus was tempted, so we can face temptation. We can get distracted and we can start giving up. But we need to hold fast to the promises of God. There's a beautiful scripture in Hosea 2 verses 14 to 15. Because you see, family, the wilderness is not a punishment. It's a place of preparation. And it's when we understand God's love for us that in that place where it may seem hard and hot and tough and we've got to push through in different areas, we have God revealing Himself to us in different ways. Hosea chapter 2 says, Therefore, beloved, I, the Lord says, will allure her. Speaking of His people, of us, His church, He calls us. And I will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. It's in that wilderness that the voice of God and His heart can be revealed to us like in no other place. That's where God wants to reveal Himself to us. It says here, this, word, this scripture just blows my mind. I will give her her vineyards from there. You see, it's not in the season of great victory or whatever that we get our vineyards or that which God has promised us. It's in the wilderness that we start unearthing what it is that God has called us to do. That's where He gives us our dreams. That's where something is conceived in our spirits. And the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth. Are you feeling old and worn out and over the hill? God says it's actually from that place of wilderness that He's going to refresh you. Just like in the days of your youth. And again, it's got nothing to do with age. It's got to do with that first love of when you first met Jesus. And there was the singing and joy in your spirit. And as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt, that's what it's speaking of, that first salvation. But you know, the Valley of Achor, and I know my husband has ministered on this many times, it's such a powerful promise. Achor speaks about a place in a wilderness where the sin of Achan was committed, where Saul disobeyed God, and they let the Amalekites, many of them live, and you know, they, instead of destroying a nation, that were given to child sacrifice and incredible evil things. God said they all needed to be destroyed and and Saul ignored God and and kept some of them alive, which caused major um, turmoil and trouble throughout the decades. King David had to fight many, many giants and the Amalekites over the years. And in actual fact, it was only after Esther that this nation was finally destroyed because Haman was a descendant of the Amalekites. So it took many generations for this to be dealt with. And so the Valley of Achor is actually a place of trouble, of difficulty, but God says, 
I will make it a door of hope. And again, family, no matter where you are right now, no matter how difficult it may seem, God says, I will make it a door of hope. But you need to see that door because you see, Jesus is the door. There is no other door. It's through Him that He will open something up that will bring the answer and the breakthrough that you need. Whatever, wherever, you know, sometimes in marriage, people go through a wilderness and they think, oh, does my husband love me? And he thinks, oh, my wife doesn't care about me anymore. And it's, but it's a season where when we discern what is happening, we can ask God to bring that refreshing. And I love it because it speaks about it in Hosea, that that's the place God wants to reignite things, remind us of our first love, whether it's in our relationship with the Lord or in our relationship with our, our husband or wife or in our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Never lose the love that God has given us as His people for each other, for His house, for Him and for that which He's called us to do. So don't become discouraged in the season of, of wilderness because God's doing something deep and beautiful deep within. Then it speaks about, or I'm going to speak about, the season of war. So there's wilderness and then there's a season of warfare. Because no matter what we want to believe or whether we want to or not, you will face battles at certain time. And we need to make sure that we don't get confused between a wilderness season and a warfare season. Because in the wilderness, there's this preparation and you know God is doing something. But in a warfare season, you know that you need to get up and fight. And it's a Holy Spirit infusion that comes upon you to take on the giants that want to bring you down. You see, because God promises blessing. He promises success and breakthrough. And the enemy will do everything he can to prevent that. The enemy is the one who wants to steal your destiny. The enemy is the one who wants to steal your family and your joy. And when you discern that, God says, now you need to get up and fight the good fight of faith. You need to take your weapons up. You need to start going into battle. And it's often in that wilderness, wilderness that God has prepared you and you're ready. And so you know when you need to fight, you're able to fight. And I just want to encourage us as well. Sometimes we look at spiritual warfare um, from an Old Testament or Old Covenant context. No, there's no possibility of being defeated. Look at your neighbor and say, we've already won this. Because Jesus won the battle at the cross. The war is over. The church has already won. We need to believe that in these days. But God says to us, put on your armor, get dressed as that soldier and go through the streets declaring he's won the victory. And for those demons or whatever that don't know that, we just enforce the victory. But we have to believe that church because too many are walking in this place of defeat, trying to, as my husband says on Sunday nights, please go and listen to that ministry concerning spiritual warfare. We're not fighting from a place of defeat or underneath the heavens. We are above, seated with Christ, and we have already won. But too many Christians don't know that. They think there's still a possibility that they may lose. Now you might get a little bit of a squirmish here and there, and you might 
But it's only when you give up. It's when you give up and you don't think there's any more hope that the enemy starts gaining the victory over your life. But if you stay connected to that, what God, that which God is doing, you will win this battle. Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 18, and we know the scripture, and I know it's a bit of a long passage, but we need to remind ourselves of what God has given us. Because it says in, in Ephesians 6, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Is it my might? Is it your might? Is it your skill? No, it's His might. It's His strength. It's His power. So put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see, he's, he's a deceiving, conniving, evil being to lie. That's all he can do is lie. So when we start listening to his voice, we start believing, I've lost. I'm not going to make it. There's no ways I'm going to get through this. He starts shouting the victory, but you've just given it up. But when you believe that you've already won this battle, you will see the victory. That's why praise is so important. Because no matter how tough that season is, when you praise Him, one of your greatest weapons of warfare the enemy gets confused because he looks at you and you're praising God and he's thinking, but can't you see what's going on? Can't you see the clouds and the storm and the thunder and the lightning and the waves? But it's okay because you know you've already won. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And that's the other thing. Stop fighting each other. Stop fighting your husband or your wife or your children. Stop fighting your boss or the people God has put in your life. They are not your enemies. The enemy is your enemy. Satan is the liar. And yes, he can use people, but when we fight people, we get confused instead of causing confusion in the enemy camp. So yes, it's against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. But all you need to do, it says, is take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. You see, it's not every day. A lot of Christians get caught up in all they do is spiritual warfare, day in, day out. That's their calling. No. The battle's won, but there are times, there are days that come or a season where you have to fight. But discern the season. Know if God's calling you into the battle or if you just have to stand and know that it's already done and hold on because it carries on. It says, just stand. And it goes into all the different parts of your armor. And I'm not gonna go through all of that now, but he's given you what you need. And in the context of what I'm sharing, he's given you the shield of faith. And you just gotta hold that in place and keep believing his word because you will win the battle. So there's a season of, Wilderness of warfare. And then this one, which also seems similar at times to the wilderness, but it's very different. And it's a, it's a beautiful season that we often don't always want to go into, but it's the season of waiting. Just like that woman who is pregnant and she's still got nine months to go and she's so excited because she can't wait for that baby now. But God knows 
And that's what happens in that wilderness is that preparation. But it's in the season of waiting where we learn patience and trust, knowing that He will bring us through us through it. Let me just say, the season of waiting is never passive. Make a mental note. Waiting is not passive. In actual fact, there is a beautiful Hebrew word for the word waiting. I'm not sure if this is pronounced correctly, so please um, just bear with me, but it's quava, Q-A-V-A-H. And this is the literal meaning of waiting. It's like taking strands of thread or thin rope and slowly twirling them together. You know, like plaiting or weaving, being woven together. That is the literal meaning of waiting. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what God does as we wait. As we wait for that answered prayer, as we wait for that answered breakthrough, for that expectant prophetic word that God has given us, He's busy weaving together us and Him. Because you see, Scripture talks about one thread or one small thin rope has no power in itself. But coming together as a rope, it has incredible power. And so God weaves us and brings us together in this strength and this um, might of His. So that when we need to go in and do what God has called us to do, we don't do it in our own strength. We don't do it in our own power. We have His power. That rope is able to take hold of it. That net can withhold the force that needs to be um, held. Esther is such a beautiful prophetic picture of this season. Because although she had been chosen, she needed to go through 12 months of preparation just for one night with the king. 12 months of being prepared, of waiting. So we need to say, Lord, whatever it is that you are preparing me for, I'm going to wait upon you. I'm not going to rush in and do these things in my own strength. I'm going to trust your timing and I'm going to trust you to lead me into the next season. And we all know the beautiful scripture in Isaiah 40 verse 31. Those who wait upon the Lord. And again, it's not just sitting there laying on your bed and saying, okay, now, when is this going to happen? It's that allowing Him to shape us, to mold us, to bind us together to Him. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I know this morning, I don't need to be a prophet, that there are those that need strength. You've become, maybe even the word is faith fatigued. You feel you've prayed so long. You've believed so long and you're saying, God, when is this breakthrough going to come? When are you going to answer my prayer? But he says, those who wait on him, who wait on him, shall renew their strength. When we become weary, when we become discouraged, then we need to do a little, a little self-talk because you are not waiting on Him. You see, when we wait on Him, 
our strength is restored. And we are able to do and face whatever we need to face. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And this context was given to the people of Israel as they were preparing to go towards Jerusalem. And he says to them, if you wait for me and you look to me for your strength, on that journey, you will not grow weary and you will not faint. We know this passage well, even young men. Again, it's got nothing to do with age, grow weary and tired. But in him, we renew our strength and he will carry us through. Family, what are you relying on to strengthen you in these days? Is it resources from the world? And I use the word resources quite um, liberally. Are we so dependent on medication, on sleeping pills, on, um, you know, the systems of this world, of of governments? Where are you looking to for your strength? God wants to give you a fresh impouring of His strength. One of my favorite scriptures over this last season in my life has been Psalm 23, verse 5. He prepares a table before us, for us in the presence of our enemies. I love that. No matter what's happening in the world, no matter what the enemy's doing or shouting or trying to intimidate us with, He calls us to feast with Him, to eat from Him to be filled, to be strengthened. And it's in that place of waiting with Him, enjoying Him, looking to Him, that we receive fresh anointing. He anoints our head with oil. And what happens? Our cup begins to overflow. If you feel dry this morning, if your cup is empty, He's calling you back to that place. You see, no human being, no matter how wonderful they are, can meet that need. It's only in His presence. And finally, there's that winning season. And we all want to win. You all want to win? You all want to get the victory. You all want to go. And let me say, brothers and sisters, you will win because we already have. We want to run this race. And as Paul said, I've run my race. I've fought the good fight of the faith, uh, the fight of faith. And I know that as I cross that finish line, There's gonna be that ribbon that I'm gonna cross over and I know that I've won because it's Jesus that has led me into that victory. And we need to hold fast on that because brothers and sisters, that is the reward. There is a reward for each and every one of us when we get to heaven. But it's also for now. Whether it's answered prayer, whether it's breakthrough, for whatever it is, if, if you need a breakthrough in your finances, it will come. Don't give up. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, because this is the key. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap. Look at your neighbor and say, we shall reap. Come on, I need to hear the faith and the conviction there. We need to say these things and confess it to ourselves. We need to declare it. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. Too many Christians at the point of the finish line give up. So many people, you know, even in natural races, marathons, it's actually quite tragic. 
They've run the few hours and as they get to the finish line, they collapse. May that not be with us as God's people. But in the winning season, when God brings the breakthrough and the blessing, it's in that season that the warning comes, don't forget Him. Far too many Christians, God answers their prayers. He gives them this amazing job. They start climbing in their career and guess what? The house of God becomes, was definitely not a priority anymore. The time they spent seeking Him and and trusting Him for the breakthrough, oh now, they disappear. Deuteronomy says, when He blesses you, don't forget Him because it is He who enables you to get wealth. It is God who brings the breakthrough. So when you find that season of winning and you see blessing and favor, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus because it's always for a purpose. Joseph went through many seasons, but when he got to that place of promotion where he was literally second in command in a whole nation, it was for a purpose. It wasn't just because he was, you know, a good guy and now God wanted to see how he could bless him. He was promoted because he was faithful during those seasons. And God knew he could trust him. That when he was promoted to prime minister, he was able to fulfill the purpose of God. May we not be a people that when we get to that place of promotion, when God lifts us up, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's financially, in whatever area that we forget him. And we think this is all about us. Esther as well. She was made queen not because she was the prettiest, but it's because God had a plan for her life. And through her humility and willing to even give her life, God could use her to save a nation. And I said it was her that eventually destroyed the Amalekite line. What is it that God is calling you for and the band can come up? What is it that God has put in your heart? What has He been preparing you for, people? Because I really believe that we are living in times that are too urgent to take our eyes off Jesus. There is never a season where we should be taking our eyes off Him. Because when we do that, we start wandering. Don't ever be deceived into thinking that, well, I'm just going through a dry season or I'm in a wilderness. If you are far from God, if you've disconnected. Sometimes we go through the religious motions but we need to check our hearts. We need to get back to that place of surrender. We need to get back to the place where we say, Lord, maybe I'm not in the best season right now. It's uncomfortable. It feels inconvenient, but I'm gonna trust that which you are doing. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. I really pray that not one of us would leave you this morning. Firstly, not knowing what season you're in. Because it's when we know that season that we can be prepared and allow God to do the work that He needs to do in our hearts. So if you're not sure what is happening in your life right now, ask Him. Is it a wilderness that seems barren and it seems harsh and you feel isolated, but you know God wants to do something? Does He want to plant a new seed, a fresh vision? Do you need to conceive something of the Holy Spirit? for the purpose and plan of God in this world or for your nation, for your family? 
Are you going through a season of waiting where God is busy folding himself around you to strengthen you? You might be in a season of warfare and you need strength. You need courage. You need to take up your weapons again because maybe you've laid them down. Or you might be one of those blessed ones this morning. We're all blessed, but you might be in that winning season and God is saying, it's for a purpose. Whatever I'm blessing you for, the favor, the grace you're experiencing is for a purpose. And God wants to remind you this morning what that purpose is. What does He want you to do in His kingdom? Let's stand, people, because this is a moment where God can establish what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. Everyone here will have received something, I really believe. That's been my prayer. A seed, a sense of hope again, a stirring in your spirit. You might be one of those who have wandered away from God and He's calling you back this morning. You need to make that recommitment. You might be one who has never ever even started this amazing, most adventurous journey with the Lord. And this morning He's calling you. He says, come home. Come home, my child. I'm longing for you to know me. I'm longing for you to start this journey because wow, I've got so many amazing plans for your life. Let Him speak to you just in a moment as we just, just worship for a moment. Just let Him settle that word in your heart. Thank you.